0: Curious? You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno.
1: Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the Collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day Cephalon Collective, welcome to episode 56 of Cephalon Squared. I am Cephalon Greg. I'm joined by Cephalon Lucas. How are you? Good, sir. Good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. It's, it's a bit, yeah,
0: yeah, good.
1: <laughs> I'm also a bit, yeah, but hey, I'm alive. Yay. Make that grand. <laughs> Woo. But even though there wasn't a uh, dev stream this weekend, there was a fair bit that happened. Uh, plus there's some good discussions that we've got. For this little old episode that we've built out of uh, questions that have come up in, mainly in Discord, one that came in via email, and a couple of other things. So, uh, let's crack on into it. How's the weather treating you up north? Well, the
0: weather here in the little city of Ipswich, it's currently 14 degrees Celsius with a 27% humidity. So, it is cold. No way. It, it is it is cold. No way. A uh, big change <laughs> from, from the other day when it was, what, like... 17 degrees at this time, no,
1: so it's, it's it's cooled down again. Yeah. Crazy talk, crazy talk and Melbourne's just freaking the same old, same old. So for you, 14 degrees Celsius is 57 degrees Fahrenheit down here in Melbourne. It's 10 degrees Celsius again, 50 degrees Fahrenheit and 93% humidity. So it's weird. I'm hot and kind of (laughs) sweaty. That is weird. I mean, my wife did have the heater on, you know, set to the fiery, fiery depths A of hell. A million degrees. Yeah, but I did turn it <laughs> off, so. But I'm still sitting here, sweating, sweating, sweating. Yeah.
0: Damn you, humidity. Yeah. Well, wind has actually been quite crazy here today as well, over the last couple of days, actually. Yeah, I think the technical term for what it's been down here in Melbourne is windy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's been the sunshine state also. The sunny, mm-hmm. windy as fuck state.
1: Yeah, <laughs> windy and rainy down here in Melbourne. Windy and sunny up north. Oh well. <laughs> anyway, what'd you get up to in Warframe this week? Um, I <laughs> I
0: successfully finished a hundred uh, all of my night wave for the week on both PS4 and PC. <laughs> Yay!
1: <laughs> Yay! Nice one. Good one.
0: Uh, was good because now I actually get to go back and do some of the previous weeks that we uh. We couldn't do
1: everything, so.
0: Yay!
1: Yeah, nice. (laughs) Catch up. I had planned to do the same, uh, just like I had planned to play more Dog Days, but I just have absolutely no time anymore, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah. So, I didn't finish Nightwave on either platform, and I didn't even get a single, not even a ball in um, (laughs) Dog Days. I just haven't had a chance to play again. I got the color palette that'll do yeah, but that'll um be. mildly disappointed I did want to get one of those balls but it'll be back next year I'll get one then hopefully yeah they they've already said that they'll they'll be refining it for when it comes back next year so ah
0: okay well that's good there you go folks there's there's something for you it's right there
1: <laughs> like it or not <laughs> it's coming back
0: <laughs> but the good thing is you don't have to play it jeez yeah yeah Don't play and it. of course and of course there was uh, smite night uh, last monday
1: yeah, Smite Knight was a bit of fun. We tried a few different other characters as well. I
0: found it was my good.
1: possible new favorite. Nice.
0: Yomungandr.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, you have been enjoying that. <laughs> World yeah. Serpent. And I, I've been enjoying Slashy Girl. Slashy the Japanese, Girl. Japanese, whatever her name is. Yeah. Slashy Girl. Can't even remember her name. Nope, Slashy. <laughs> Just changed her name. Cool, cool. All right. Let's uh, jump on into the news before we uh, ramble on for much longer. Oh, but I like that. How are we going to do this? Uh, do. I can start off. Go on. All right. So, the next dev stream, ladies and
0: gentlemen, will be on August 16. Woo! So That's nice. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Well, next Saturday for us and next uh, Friday for everyone else.
1: Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> next Saturday is actually the 17th, but <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, and- they haven't said what they're going to talk about, but I'm, I've got a good feeling it'll be um, can't be Frank Randall, yeah. yeah, big that boy Randall. So we'll see anyway. So All right, there are some new items being added for Tenogen artists to be able to create some skins for, and that includes whips and chest armor. So they're now moving on into uh, Tenogen armor. That's interesting. Hell yes. I'm down for this. Very interesting. So I'm, I'm very keen to see where this goes because yes. Yes. Just straight up. <laughs> yes. We
0: <Just> approve. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, thirdly, Pirates Project up on Switch. Rebuild that strata relay running until August the 14th, 15th if you're Australian and are weird like us. So yay. Jump on
1: Switch and build that relay. Don't. Don't have to be weird. You totally have to be weird. (laughs) Okay, you've got to be. Sorry. If you're not weird, you're screwed. PC Hotfix was released during the week, which brought uh, changes to 22 augments. Uh, We've mentioned them in the past, uh, but there's a hell of a lot of them. So uh, head on over to the show notes on our website. To see a link to the forums and you can see uh, exactly what has been changed. Plus there were some changes to the loadout screens as well, which we have seen on PC. It does look nice. It does look nice. I kind of like it. Yeah. 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 Remember? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Nightwave episode three has been released and oh boy, things are shaping up to be a creepy one.
1: (laughs) That's a way of putting it. Indeed. They uh, all seem to be infecting themselves. The crazy yeah. bloody disciples, or whatever they're called, devotees.
0: Yeah. Um, so look out for those uh, infested uh, yeah. devotees. That may just pop up in the middle of your mission. Uh, they are. The design is amazing. I actually, I'm, I'm very impressed with how how well they're uh, designed. These characters. Yeah, they look pretty cool,
1: but they don't put up much of a fight. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. <laughs> Such unfortunately. Is life. Uh, I mean,
0: yeah, hopefully, hopefully at the, uh, the end of the, uh, Nightwave season two, we will see something really big. Maybe. Possibly.
1: Mm. Tenno VIP is coming to Tokyo during Tokyo game show, which is interesting. Uh, I know we have at least one listener in Tokyo. Howdy F12. How you doing? Um, so this is for you, buddy. Uh, And you never know, we might have some other listeners over in Tokyo, but this will be held in Akihabara. Where else? If you don't know what Akihabara is, it is the, they call it Electrical Town. It's basically the place for nerds. It's where all the cool stuff is. Yeah. (laughs) So it's being held at the Three Monkeys Cafe in Akihabara on September 14th. There is a link to the invitation in the show notes if you are in Tokyo or if you're headed to Tokyo Game Show and just want to head on over to... Um, this Tenno VIP event, it is worth it. Um, you will get to meet someone from the team. I'm assuming it's going to be Megan and Rebecca, but who knows? And you'll probably get a t-shirt and some freebies. So I do recommend you go on over there. Uh, they held one in Australia a couple of years ago and it was great. Free drinks. Yay. (laughs) Free drinks. (laughs) Uh, Next up, featured dojo contest is
0: live yet again. Enter to win the chance to have your dojo featured in the game. That's awesome. Love this little uh, contest that they throw. And some of the entries are amazing. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Yep. So looking forward to seeing uh, whoever wins that. Indeed.
1: Apart from the new items that are available for Tenogen, there's also some new factions that are available uh, in Tenogen for the artists, and that includes Ostron, Solaris, and Sentient. Now, I'm confused as what this actually means. What does it mean? Is it the design that you can design towards when you're designing weapons, or is it something else? So, I'm assuming it's the former, but I really don't know. Interest. I'm assuming you can put, can you put skins onto kick guns already? If there's, if you've got a secondary skin? Well, no, I don't, I don't think okay, so. Okay, so maybe it's skins for, for kick guns and skins for, um, Zors. Zors. Hmm. But don't, don't hmm. the, like, the Nakana skins work on Zors? The Sephvan? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's what it is then and sentient interesting so maybe but it just it's weird mm.
0: yeah i think it it's something we probably should dive into a little bit more and learn um before we we talk about it any further
1: yeah cuz it's uh it's it's question it's about it's haven't given any more information that's all they've said yeah
0: techno gen factions yay yeah <laughs> Um, and DE has added some changes to the way players receive pearls in Dog Days. So it was before you just go do the tier four Dog Days and you would get your fifty. Uh, Now it's basically you get your fifty, but you also get one additional for every single time you soak an enemy. Yay! Farming is easier now. <laughs> exactly. Like, well,
1: was easier. I think it's finished now, isn't it? Nope. Still going for another day. Finished on the twelfth, I think. Thought it finished on the tenth.
0: No, no, it's it's. I look. I was looking at the PC today, it's, uh, and it had a one day and fourteen hours when I looked.
1: So must be the twelfth. There you go. Yeah, cool. Twelfth for them, thirteenth for us. So go, yeah. So go and um and do your farming. Maybe I will be able to get one of those balls at least on one of the systems. Hmm. Maybe we shall see. Maybe. All right. So that's it for the main Warframe news, and of course, just to uh, mention it again, Paxos is coming up in two months now. Uh, and we are planning to have an event there. So please jump on over to our website at cephalonsquared.com and register your interest if you are interested in coming along and joining us. All right. Anything else you want to say before we move on to the discussion? Nope. Excellent. I'm again. All right. So <laughs> this week's discussion comes courtesy of Rathok. Now, Rathok put this into the podcast question time, intending it just to be a question time discussion but I think there's actually a lot in here that we can talk about. I think it's a much better discussion than just something to focus on quickly at the end of the show. Uh, So I've decided to put it in here in the middle. So this is summarized what Rathok said. What do you all think about DE bringing back old operations periodically? So, Uh, the Fomorians. We have some recurring events that got spawned from them, but we still never ever got a chance to play the original event. And there are a lot of lore in past events that new players will never get to play. I know they were generally built to release new content, but I'm not sure if that would stop people from replaying them. So this is really, really interesting because... There is a lot of lore, as we've mentioned. I mean, in our latest uh, lore cast, uh, Lucas was talking about a couple of events called, one called Operation Slingstone, another one called Eyes of Blight. So these were events that were related to the Fomorian that had some storyline to go alongside them. But once they ended, that storyline is now just in the Codex. So I think like Rathok thinks it might be interesting to be able to go back and play some sort of mission that retells that information. There must be recorded lines that are kept somewhere. So even if we can't play the exact missions as they once were, because they probably involved, you know, everybody working together towards a, a certain outcome, it'd be nice to play a specific mission pretending you were in it. So that's what I thought we'd talk about. What do you think, Lucas?
0: Well, well, you you threw this idea at me yesterday, and my mind instantly went swimming into the vast uh, oceans of Lucasness. what is my imagination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucasness. Yeah, we'll just call it that. My idea, I love this idea, right? I love the idea of of having some way to replay it. And how would you do this? Introduce new Cephalons. a whole new relay. And have that relay specifically called... The archive, and in that archive, you have the two cephalons. One, uh, this is a two-parter, right? One that has basically recorded all of the uh, all of the events of the origin system after the fall of the Orican Empire. So that's all of your 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 project, Eyes of Eyes Blight, uh, your your Slingstone event, all that, all that stuff was recorded by this cephalon. So you talk to him, and he basically uploads you into the uh, into the the weave, which is I the, the place where the sanctuary is. Mm. And you get to replay those events as like a a separate kind of thing. So you 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 still get to play them, but they're basically there for learning the law purposes only. Yeah. The second Cephalon is there to basically tell you all of the law from. Before the uh, Orican Empire's fall, so that's this is my idea. I basic basically bring in an archive, an ancient archive with two Cephalons that had access to all the, all of the the knowledge of the uh, Orican Empire uh, and what has happened since.
1: As much as I love your idea because it is fucking amazing, <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to happen because it's a lot of work. I I don't think it will happen either, but. <laughs> But it's a good
0: imagine idea. if it did, it, it's, a, it's an amazing idea. It would be lovely.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, realistically that's the thing and it would, you know, we've talked about wanting to go back to the old, the old war and experience some of that kind of stuff and how they might be able to do it. And now they've designed characters for that, um, new cinematic, cinematic video. Cin- thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, they've created for that. So the, the assets exist. Um so it's yeah. not impossible to do but it does mean a whole bunch of creation creating a new relay getting voices for these new cephalons creating these new cephalons uh, there's two voices the right here structure
0: DE there's uh two cephalon yeah, Voices right here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wink, wink.
1: <laughs> this, this is true. We, we put our hands up. We're happy to do it. Yep. <laughs> we exist already. We, you don't even have to call us Cephalon Greg and Cephalon Lucas if you like. You, you can you can change yeah, our names. Yeah, change change the names. It's yeah, good. It's fine. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> fine. We'll do it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we'll do it. We volunteer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I mean, uh, uh, that is a great idea. Uh, if they were able to do something like that, I would be freaking amazed and mind blown. <laughs> and it would be the perfect way of doing it, really, because, you know, it is an archive and it, it would even be built into the law because you don't need to explain why you're replaying these missions. It, you've, you're going to an archive and you're simulating the, the missions. Yeah, exactly right. That is pretty cool. And I had I didn't have exactly the same idea, but my idea was basically you access the missions from the codex. So you go back to the codex. It's the same kind of thing. You consider the codex as an archive of information and you access them. And much like you can replay certain quests from the codex, uh, it'd be nice to be able to replay some of those missions and just get access to some of the lore. Now, we did have some people in our Discord saying that they also like the idea, but there might be some older players who might get their backs up a little bit. Uh, because there were certain rewards and there's a certain prestige for having played through those original missions. Yeah, that that's fine. That's fine. Yeah,
0: you know, the way the way I see it is, if 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 an event comes out, and you're not there to do it, then that then unfortunately you miss out. Hmm. I've missed out on so many bloody events that it, it really doesn't bother me at this point. So for like a replaying purpose, I'm uh, going back you know, to the archive idea. Smaller rewards, just like uh, resource caches, or even resource boosters, or, or boosters of some sort. You know, just small, uh, small rewards that kind of make you want to go back and you know, make it like a one-time reward. So you replay if you go back and play them one time. That's that's the only time you'll get a small reward from it. Maybe it's a former blueprint. Maybe it's an exilious blueprint. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. But nothing, nothing big and bulky, like the events actually offered back
1: then. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it needs to be, because they can't give away something super, super amazing, and you can't keep getting something every time you play it. Yeah. Uh, So, that makes sense. But also, you know, I don't- I would be happy even if there are no major rewards that are assigned at all. I mean, even if it- even if you don't get anything, I'd be happy just to replay them for the lore. Yeah, just for the law' sakes. I mean that. Yeah, that that there are those
0: that would just want it for the law, but not everyone's going to really care. So it's true. to to get everyone to actually accept this aspect of the game, there would need to be some kind of reward.
1: But does everyone need to ac- to uh, accept it? No, not everyone needs that's, to. That's just the, the majority. majority, I guess. In order for them to spend time adding it to the game there would want to be some sort of... I mean, I I guess there's no return for the team for adding something like this to the game, except for older players. Um, So the only thing they're going to get is better morale, I guess, amongst the longer-term players who missed out on some of the earlier things. And morale is always good because it keeps people in the game and it keeps people spending money, I guess, is what it comes down to. So there there is some value in doing it, but... Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily needs to be something that's added for everyone to want to play. It could just be something added to make people happy. But then again, it would, in that case, it would be low down on their to-do list. Nice yeah. to
0: do, but not required. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to throw in the second part where it was the um, the the information about pre uh, uh Empire Falling. hmm so kind of like how you do with Samaris, you go out and you, you scan um the enemies for uh the sanctuary. Hmm. Um let's say the the older cephalon that recorded all this information tasks you with something, you go do that, you bring something back to him, and he goes, Okay, cool, now I'm gonna give you access to how Ortis became Otis.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't to be honest, I don't know exactly how I feel about that. It would be cool, but I don't know how that would change the game. fair enough.
0: well, my, my, my theory with games is that once they go once they start dipping into time travel, it's pretty much when they're signing their, their death contract.
1: Oh of course i don't I don't think they need to go into time travel. I just think yeah. they should just leave it and I just,
0: I'm, the way the way I'm looking at this this idea that I've, I'm spilling out is that this avoids the need for time travel.
1: It does, but from my perspective, there's also some beauty in not knowing. Not knowing, yeah, and yeah. You, the the value of the imagination. That's fair. That's fair. But at, at the same time, I would also like to play it. <laughs> Although, meet meeting Auden, meeting Auden Karras. Come on. Don't, yeah, don't tell be, me
0: you wouldn't be interested.
1: It'd be kind of cool, I guess.
0: Yeah, there we
1: go. <laughs> it doesn't, to be honest, it doesn't interest me that much. I like the idea. I think. I like the idea of Auden Karras more than I like, I'd i like to actually meet him myself. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think it's just cool that there's all this historical lore. But at the same time, yeah, it would be kind of fun to go back and experience it as well. But there'd be a lot of shit they'd have to build for the game. So that would have to be an entire massive project in itself.
0: Well, okay. You know, you know how um, what's this? a game like, let's say, Tekken. For mm-hmm. instance, and you're doing the story mode and it's just kind of got the uh the slightly animated um like paintings I guess you'd kind of mm. yep yeah those those drawings yeah why not just do it like that so instead of actually having to make everything just kind of give us like a, a proper story with an with pictures so we can actually follow the story like that. You still gotta have an artist that
1: draws all those pictures, though. yeah, you still gotta
0: have an artist does that, but it's less work than actually creating a interactive environment.
1: Yeah, I think we've gone a little bit off the off we the have topic, gone way though. off. <laughs> so let's let's get back to to where we were. One of the things that's always pissed me off since I started playing this game is when you go into your profile and you're scrolling down. Through looking at all the numbers, and there's a list of all the old operations at the top. And for me, yeah, zeros. they they're zero, all zeros, zero, and none yeah. of the new operations have ever been updated. I, I would like them to remove that from the game personally, because every new player f- over the last three years is going to have all of that empty. And I, th- I don't think there's a point to it anymore. There might have been a point to it originally. I don't think there's a point to it anymore. I think if they've left it there because the old players might crack the shits, then give them some sort of little um, achievement, a little badge they can put on their account that says, I played the fucking original Rathorm event, or I played this original event. Uh, And they can have all of that showed off on their account. And it can be the same with these. If they did add some of these old uh, operations back into the game, or at least the, the quests to experience the lore... You can only get those little badges on your account if you ticked off the box originally and everyone else can just play through it and experience the lore. That's that's what I'd like. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd be cool with that. Because, yeah, that is very annoying when you go in there and it's just zero, 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 shit. Like, fuck, I can't do any of this. I
1: never will be able to do any of this. Yeah, it takes up most of the first screen. You've got to scroll down to see all the rest of your numbers. And even, even still, I don't think it'd matter to a lot of people. I think that should be down the bottom if they want to keep it. Yeah. Reorganize the numbers, because there's you go in there for different reasons. And, you know, I've never gone into anyone's account to see what score they got on Operation Slingstone. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I, I personally would love for D to bring those operations back in some form it would be amazing if they could do it in the form suggested by Mr. Lucas here. <laughs> I, <laughs> Thank would, you. Thank I you. would definitely be down for that. I'm not saying I wouldn't be down for it, uh, especially the old operations, the older stuff, I stuff I'm 50, 50 on it, but I'm sure I'm, I'm in the minority to be honest. Yeah, maybe the
0: reason why I wanted, why I put it that way is because like looking at like the, the missions you can replay in the codex, mm. they make no no chronicle sense to me like replaying a mission just makes no no sense to me it's story based
1: yeah in the so lore.
0: yeah so if you basically put it down to you're entering the weave hmm. and you know reliving past events then that makes perfect sense that, that actually makes more sense to go back and redo those
1: yeah it makes sense within the law i agree yeah um at the moment it doesn't So, but I mean, you can't also play all of those quests. So I'm I'm confused as to why you can't replay those quests. There must be a reason. It must be something to do with coding, I would imagine. Yeah, but you can play the cinematic. You can replay the cinematics. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thank you, Rathok, for bringing that up. Because it was something I've often thought about. And I've wanted to get, Lucas and I have had little chats about it from time to time. uh, But I thought it was a good one to tackle on the show. I'd love to bring them back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just give us a chance to play them. We don't need to all play for Ignis Wraith again. No, just give us a story. Mm. We can all get Ignis Wraith now from Barrow. Yeah. If you didn't get it all those years ago. So it's not a big problem. Anyways, moving right along. Anything you want to say before we close that discussion?
0: Nope. I'm pretty pretty sure I threw in more than my
1: two cents. Got it all off. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's a cool idea. Definitely. They should uh, hire Cephalon Lucas. I am looking for work. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. T, reach out to this man. He'll work remotely. Actually, he'll, he's happy to be flown to London, Ontario. Anyways, yes, <laughs> I love planes. <laughs> I will speak on your behalf. Oh, he'd prefer to uh, swim. Yeah, definitely. The entire much, way. much prefer. I'm, I'm cool with water. <laughs> Just give him a can of that um, shark repellent from Batman. He'll be right. All righty. So <laughs> that was our discussion this week. Our beginner topic is another topic that was raised from one of our listeners. This one actually came to me via email. And it from a lovely young man named Zach Malakote. So thank you, Zach, for sending this email through, uh, requesting some information on disruption. So let me see exactly what he has said. In disruption, I'm having a hell of a time trying to get Wisp because I don't understand the mechanics or the objectives. If you could cover these things, it would be much appreciated. So Zach is actually a uh, Xbox player, Dutch, so if you have ever played with Dutch before, that's him, uh, and hopefully we'll get him into the Discord, because he did mention he was planning to join. But Disruption. What is Disruption? Let's get on into it. It is an endless mission type. It's not necessarily something f- specifically for beginners, but you you don't unlock it that far into the game. So, there's only one node on the entire star chart that you can do disruption on, and that is Ganymede on Jupiter, which requires completion of the Natar quest in order to access it. So, you do have to have done Natar, which is just prior to the second dream, so you probably at least need to have 20 to 30 hours under your belt before you can access it. So, keep that in mind. This mode, though, is not currently available in Arbitrations, and personally, I'd like to see it in Arbitrations. I reckon it would be fun. All right, it plays a little bit like mobile defense. So in mobile defense, as you know, you pick up a a little key, you take it to a terminal, you defend the terminal, you pick up the same key, you take it to the next terminal and so on. In this one, you have to protect four terminals instead of three, but they are in different places and they spawn in different places and they spawn for different reasons. So there are four terminals to defend per round. So you need to defend all four of them for a round to be complete. Uh, But in order to find the key to activate that terminal players need to take out amalgam enemies. So one of those enemies will drop a key, which will be color coded to a terminal. So if you find a blue key, it goes in the blue terminal, red key, red terminal, and so on. You take this key to the terminal to activate it and you then defend that terminal from enemies. By activating the terminal, it will kick off a random effect, which is either a buff or a debuff, and this will affect all players or enemies, I should be clear. One specific enemy will also come trucking along. He's uh, called a demo list. And this enemy is the one you need to keep an eye out for. He is tasked with getting close to the terminal and self-destructing, taking out the terminal in the process. So you're not really defending the terminal from all of the other enemies. You're really just defending the terminal from that one demo list. That is the important part of this mission. That's the important objective. And for the most part, you probably need at least two people, possibly the entire squad, uh, to take him out because he can be pretty tanky and can suddenly appear out of nowhere. (laughs) So if you try and do all four terminals at once, you might not find yourself being successful. So just throwing that out there. Alright, the demo list will be highlighted on the map once any of the Tenno in your squad gets within 30 meters of it. Now, there are some other provisos, but keep it in mind. Suffice it to say that you'll likely see it all at the same time because it will be close by the time you finally see it. Note it also has a minor nullifying effect, so things like Gara's Wall is not going to stop the demo list. In fact, nothing is going to stop the demo list except killing it. If the squad kills the demo list before it explodes, this is considered a successful uh, defense. If the demo list explodes the terminal, this is considered a fail. So at least one of the four terminals needs to be successfully defended in order for it to be a successful round. After completion of one round, the extraction zone will then be available should players wish to extract, but you can continue for as long as you like. Now, a round will probably only take you about five minutes. Defending the terminal can take as little as 10 seconds if the demo list comes really quickly, which sometimes they do. Now, note that the length of the time that the buff or debuff stays in effect depends on the outcome of the terminal. If you have a debuff successful defense of the terminal will result in the debuff being removed while failure will result in the debuff remaining in place for the rest of the round. similarly, if you have a buff, a successful defense will result in the buff remaining in place for the rest of the round while a failure will remove the buff. So a buff is positive, a success, will keep it in play, a debuff is negative, failure will keep it in play. So keep that in mind. In regards to rewards, the reward structure doesn't follow the usual AABC structure. Well, it kind of does. But given there's any, the exclusion, sorry, the inclusion of multiple terminals, failure can have an impact on the reward. So for example, in round one, if you successfully defend all four terminals, you'll receive a tier B reward, but any failures one, two, or three will result in only a tier A reward. I say only tier A rewards can be pretty good. Anyway, in round two, successful defense of all four results in a tier C reward three terminals will result in a tier B reward and one or two with tier A and so on. From round four onward, one or two successful defenses will result in a tier B and three or four will result in tier C. This is pretty confusing, but keep that in mind. There is a chart on the wiki and we will have a chart on our website soon so that you can refer to this if there is a specific reward you're trying to achieve from disruption. There is apparently also something called a conduit fail safe that can be found. And if you use this on an active terminal, it can negate all buffs and debuffs for the remainder of the round. I say apparently because I've never come across one myself, but I believe it is in the game. Have you ever seen one Lucas? Nope. (laughs) Hmm. Anyway, it apparently exists. Anyway, lastly, although there are buffs and debuffs that affect both enemies and Tenno, and when you look at the wiki, it will list anything that affects enemies and anything that affects Tenno's, I'm going to split it into positive buffs and negative debuffs for the Tenno. So that is an effect that negatively impacts the enemy is a positive buff for the squad. Although there is nothing that negatively affects the enemy, it's all a positive effect for the enemy, which is negative. (laughs) Damn it. Anyway, those negative debuffs, I'll list them out very quickly. Enemy speed enhancement, enemy damage boost, enemy weapons with elemental damage, enemy ability resistance, enemy damage resistance, stronger amalgams, an eximus wave, energy drain mode, shield drain mode, and health drain mode. And they of course work in exactly the same way as nightmare. And the positive buffs are Conduit Resupply, which uh, provides all active terminals in that round only, which will drop ammo, energy, and health. And that's only if you manage to uh, successfully defend the initial one that the Conduit Resupply comes on. Fire rate boost, a speed boost, a resource boost, plus 50%, credit boost, plus 50%, antenna life lifesteal, which is always a good one. Uh, so they're all of the buffs that you can potentially come across. There are some good ones, but there are more negative ones. So uh, that's pretty much it when it comes to disruption. That's all the information you need to know. Find a key, pick it up, stick it in the terminal, defend it specifically from the demo list. And at least defend it once to have a successful round. Cool, cool. Anything else you wanted to say, Lucas? Yes. Uh, so
0: the, in the question, it mentioned um, yeah, that he's having trouble getting Wisp. You actually do not get Wisp from doing the- uh, <laughs> That's very true. The disruption whatsoever. Uh, Wisp is farmable from the Ropololist, yes. which is the uh, fight that is unlocked after the disruption
1: node. That is very, very true. Wisp only comes from the Roper Lowellist, um, and you need to have finished shit everything. I th- I th- yeah, I think it's the Chimera Prologue. Chimera Prologue to have access to the Roper list. So, um, we may have smashed your bubble there, sadly, if you are yeah, still yeah. early in the game. But Sorry, buddy. Uh, Yeah. Join our Discord Jump in there, Ironheart and his crew will be more than happy to help drag you through to get to where you need to be. But, of course, you will need to do disruption when you do Farm for Wisps blueprints because you're going to want to have Hexanon. Hexanon. shit shitload of Hexanon. So, I hope yep. even though you awesome. don't get Wisp from that particular mission type, I hope that was of help.
0: Uh, There was also one other buff that I can remember off the top of my head, not in this list. It's not, it's it's kind of a weird one. It kind of screws everyone up. Mm. Uh, It's the system overload.
1: Yes, you're right. Yeah,
0: where basically all of the environmental traps, so the exploding walls, the electrical ceiling, all of that shit just goes
1: crazy. And everyone dies. There is another one that's missing (laughs) as well. Yeah, The nullifier terminal. Yes, that, that is missing. Yes, yeah, so I'll add those both into my list. So, the nullifier terminal essentially puts a nullifier bubble around the terminal so you can't stand next to it if you want to use yeah. your abilities. Pain in the butt. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Lucas. Nice pickups. All <laughs> oh, right. Good. Over to
0: you for advanced. All right. Advanced topic. Well, I don't have any um, messages from anybody to do a uh, topic on, so I decided to look in deeper to Melly and more specifically, slams and blocking. So being a space ninja is not just about being a badass and sneaky, it is also a requirement to know your tools in every aspect. So while not everyone will use what they learn from this, it is still beneficial to be aware of what can be achievable. So today I'm going to dive in into some of the melee-based mechanics uh, and some numbers you may not have been aware of. Starting with the ground-shattering slam attacks that are performed whilst airborne, Aiming towards the ground and executing with the melee key, your Warframe will crash into the ground and cause a shockwave of damage to originate from point of impact. Now, This is also known as a leap attack and offers up two different points of damage. The first being of the impact point that draws directly from the leap attack damage in your melee weapon stats. And the second point of damage is from the shockwave that is also classed as radial damage Uh, And this damage is unaffected by mods and diminishes over distance from said point of impact uh, and can bring with it staggers and knockdowns and possible other effects, depending on your melee weapon. Strategically, this style of attack can be used uh, to anchor oneself, diminishing most momentum. So if you're like me flying in the air as a Zephyr and you've flown just a little bit too far, you can quickly anchor yourself with the slam attack. Yay! Now, things don't just end there with slam attacks as each weapon category has a different slam radius. And I'm going to quickly go over that. So in the five meter slam radius area, we have daggers, glaives, war fans, and gun blades. In the six meter area, we have claws, dual daggers, nikanas, nunchucks, uh, rapiers, and staves. Seven meter radius, we have blades and whips. Uh, machetes, pole arms, sparring weapons, swords, and sword and shields. Uh, 8 meters, we have dual swords, fists, heavy blades, two handed nakanas, scythes, and tonfas, and then all by its lonesome in the 9 meter radius, we have hammers. So hammers do the biggest slam attack. Keep that in mind. Next, next we're going to go looking at blocking with your melee weapons and this has some um, uh something uh, this is something with a few more advanced mechanics. Uh blocking is an automatic defensive function that reduces incoming damage and prevents knockbacks within a 45 degree angle in the direction your frame is facing. Different melee weapon types reduce different amounts of incoming damage. Uh now while you have no primary or secondary weapons equipped, you are able to manually activate the guard function. However, this accomplishes absolutely nothing and is only usable for certain melee combos. Now how do you parry? Well there is a chance you're not going to like the answer. To parry is to channel while blocking. This does have some nice benefits if you can get past the whole channeling thing, unfortunately, uh, such as nullifying all incoming damage and reflecting a percentage of said uh, damage back upon your assailants at the cost of energy per block. In addition, parries can open up enemies to finishers. Uh, blocking is also useful to avoid being knocked to the ground by such annoying abilities uh, like the Fire Blast from Arson and Eximus and uh, Rippling Shockwaves like you see from the Jackal. This will still push you back though, so it may not knock you down, but it will still push you backwards. Uh, so now I guess it would be a good time as any to mention what weapon types fall into what damage reduction class. So starting off, we have the 35 damage reduction, claws, daggers, dual daggers, glaives, nunchucks, rapiers, sparring weapons, and whips, uh, 60% damage reduction, blade and whips, dual swords, fists, gun blades, nakanas, swords, staves, tonfers, two-handed nakanas, 80% damage reduction all by themselves, the very powerful Zors, yay, uh, and 85% damage reduction. Hammers, heavy blades, machetes, pole arms, scythes, and sword and shields. Now, while this lo- list looks nice and neat, there are a number of exceptions to these classes, such as the Silver and Aegis Prime, blocking 90% damage, which is currently the highest block rate. So now you know a bit more about your weaponry, hopefully, you will find a purpose for the information I have given today in order to make yourself more of a badass space ninja. Thank you, Lucas. <laughs>
1: blocking hey silver and ages 90% yeah shit didn't know that know that now it's nice wonder how things will sort of change up when well i guess melee 3.0 is never coming out so this is the way it is i i honestly
0: don't think channeling will uh change too much in terms of the uh the blocking side of things now parrying piece yeah because, I mean, look, looking at one of the new mods that they released with the Roper Lolis, the uh, uh, Amalgam uh, Javlock uh, Magazine Morph, or whatever it is, that one,
1: mm.
0: um, it actually increases your channeling. It increases your channeling if you're parrying with a shield weapon. It increases, okay. it increases the efficiency of, yeah. Yeah. It also gives you a 6,000% um, damage. Uh, redirection on the enemies when you parry with a shield. So,
1: Sheet.
0: plus 6,000% damage back at your enemies. Good damn. Oh.
1: So, I have a build in mind. Of course <laughs> you do. Damn. Oh, That's yeah. nice. Very nice. And, yeah. You do yeah. love your travel up, too. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing, that. Good thing. All right. So, anything else before we move on? Nope. Good. No love letters to Disco Box this week. Very, very sad. Very sad. All you have to do, send him a message on Twitter telling him how much you love his voice. That's it. At Disco underscore Box and copy on Cephalon Squared so that we see it. And then you, too, will be featured as a love letter to Disco Box. All right, community call-outs. This week, we actually have a cookie after a hell of a long oh. time, mainly because we forgot about cookies. But we won't forget cookie? about cookies. I gave a cookie away this week. Yes, you I did. You gave a cookie. Yes, I did. And I think this is well and truly deserved. So, this one goes to Tramanth in our Discord. And Tramanth said, I kind of wish there was something like a gilding process for frames where the relics provide the materials for priming a base frame you possess. Now- Hell yes! Yeah, to put that in, (laughs) you know, a different way of saying things. Rather than being able to collect prime items from relics and then building a prime warframe, how about you get the base warframe and then you access things in the relics that can prime that existing warframe? That is a fucking good idea. Yeah. It it means that you okay. have to collect the base before you can get the prime. And then farming, instead of farming for the fu- the prime specifically, you, you farm for specific resources that are required to prime that frame. I love the idea. That is an amazing idea. Yeah. So I just DE, to- H- higher tremendous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be a little bit difficult to implement now because you'd have to change everything about how, the way that the <laughs> relics work. And Prime yeah. Warframes and everything, but it'll Semantics. be a good change. <laughs> yeah. It would be a good change. Holy shit. I like that. Yeah. It's fucking good. All right. Wow. Thanks, Remanth. And This is not the last time we'll be hearing from you. Anyway, anyway, uh, quick reviews update. So, there were not terribly many new reviews. There was one new review in the UK and two new reviews on CastBox. So, thank you to people out there. Now, when I say reviews on CastBox, the only thing you can put on CastBox is a comment. But if you put a review in those comments there, I uh, am putting that down as a review. So, I haven't counted all of the comments that are there uh, on CastBox, I only count the ones that are actual reviews. So there was someone on there uh, who jumped on and said, "How? where do I put a review? Yeah, put it in the comments. So that brings us to a total of 79 reviews. So we're only 21 away from The Big 100 and our next streamcast. Exciting times ahead. Dun, dun, dun. Do you want to read out the review from New York Boobies? I guess I can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> iTunes, US review from our New York boobies. Very awesome. Warframe show. Five star. These dudes are pretty funny and know a good bit. They have helped me progress a ton in the game. I would recommend anyone trying this one out.
1: Oh, Indeed. And that was actually Captain Howdy, who's one of Captain our Switch, howdy. Switch players in the Discord. So thanks, Cap. Thanks, Cap. Much appreciado. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> This week we have a Doctor Cephalon. So again, it wasn't really a Doctor Cephalon; it was a but discussion. But we turned it
0: into a Doctor Cephalon.
1: Hell yeah, we did because we're crazy like that. So it was a discussion that was happening in our Discord, and I did answer it at the time. But I also said that I might uh, cover it on the podcast as well. So here we are doing exactly that. So this was a discussion between Stoic and Tramanth. Uh, how we can do this? We're going to act as Stoic and Tremanth.
0: I'll I'll be Stoic. Fuck yeah, do it. So. Resource Booster
1: or Drop Chance Booster? What's better solo and in a group? I'd love to know the answer to this, because I don't really understand how group drops work. For the longest time, I wouldn't run to get mod drops in defense missions in group because I didn't want to be selfish. Then I realized no one else was going for them. Sorry, Trumanth, I don't know if you're a big yobbo like that, but I I decided to turn you into a very Aussie guy. And Stoic is very Stoic. And Stoic is very Stoic. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So basically Stoic's question was, how do resource and drop chance boosters work? Tremant's Tremant's question is a little bit different. Yes, asking how resource and drop chances work, but how do drops work in general in the game? Which one do you want to tackle there, Lucas?
0: Um, Okay. So let's, let's tackle Tremant first. Because this one is a, is a fairly simple one. Drops work as basically a singular instance. So, if something drops for you, that is your thing,
1: and you pick it up, and it will be in the exact same spot for everybody else. Exactly. So, for the most part, everyone will receive the same drops. There are certain things, I think, that drop slightly differently. but
0: Yeah, the slightly different numbers, um, um, amounts that you pick up. So, let's say something like Oxium, you pick up with Oxium in one sp- in, in spot A. And you receive, like, 12 from it, but your friend picks up the Oxium
1: from Spot A and maybe only receives nine. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure, and I I did do the research to try and find out the specifics of how that works, but there's no information anywhere. So the reality is, if you see a gold mod drop, everyone will see the same gold mod. So you can actually mark that by using whatever button it is on whatever system you use to mark it. So if it's... um, Serration. That's not a gold mod, but if it's Serration condition, condition overload. overload, There you go. If it's condition overload and you mark it on your map, it'll actually say condition overload in the, in the past. It used to just say mod. Now it says the name of the mod. So yeah, mark it. It'll say condition overload. And even after you pick it up, your marker will still appear on other people's screens until they pick it up. Uh, Sometimes you might see that you pick up a gold mod and there's still a shining gold line there. That means that not everyone in your squad has picked that up. So be as selfish as you want. Pick up everything, and I mean everything, and don't worry about it. You're exactly. Good. You're all good. And credits credits drop strangely. Once one person picks up credits, the credits are uh, given to everyone. So if, if I pick up 1,000 credits, we all get 1,000 credits. Yay. I didn't know and that until I was doing this credits, research. And you get 1,000 credits.
0: And you get 1,000 credits.
1: Exactly. <laughs> All right, Stoics is even easier to answer. Yeah. Uh, the resource booster doubles whatever you pick up. But it doesn't double it until you finish, I think. So I don't, if you pick up 12 in-game, it'll still say 12, I think. No, nope. no, no. No? Nope. It'll say nope. 24 it's, when you pick it's, it up? It's,
0: yep, it's on the spot. Yep. Okay.
1: All right, so yeah, if you would have picked up thousand oxium in one sitting, then you will end up picking up two thousand. And if you pick up two thousand oxium, then you are a lucky. Tell person. me, tell me where you're farming. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> random numbers—they don't work for me. Um, drop ch- and a resource booster will only work for you, only for you. Uh, drop chance booster increases the chance of s- uh, something rare dropping, basically. So yeah, and that actually affects. Everyone, yeah, yeah, so.
0: so yeah, one's uh, resource booster is pretty good for solo. Uh, resource booster is also really good for fishing, mm. uh, because those those fishing, the, those fish that you catch, if you catch one fish, it actually counts as two fish while you've got a resource booster going.
1: Hell yeah, that's the best thing ever, yeah, half, half the job. Pain in the ass. yeah. So, resource <laughs> bo- booster is better for solo if you want to boost a group, a drop chance booster is better for a group, but of course, a resource booster is still pretty good when you're in a group, especially when you're farming, but it's pretty selfish of you. Can't believe you just said that. <laughs> 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 but that's that's the way it works. And of course, a credit booster works very much like a resource booster. It just doubles your own credits. Yeah. All right. So hopefully that was um good. Informational. Exactly. So we got through a whole bunch of uh listener questions this week, which was both unintended and a pleasant surprise <laughs> Yay. when I was writing up the notes. I went, Oh shit. We've got like three or four different things from, uh, that were requests from, from listeners. Usually it's all off the top of our heads. So thank you to everyone for asking shit hot questions this week, basically. Yeah. Anything you want to add before we close off for the week? No, nope. nope. I got nothing. So next week will be dev stream. I think it's 130. Quite possibly. Or 131. One of the two. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully it will be Grendel, and hopefully we'll have some more information as to when things are dropping. If you want to reach out to us, head on over to our website, cephalonsquared.com, and find out how you can join the collective. Head on over to the Discord or our Facebook group. Everyone there in both places are very, very welcoming. You can send us an email, if you like, through the website, or you can follow our Twitter or Instagram or whatever. So please. Head on over there. There's also a hell of a lot of good information there. We've got a whole bunch of guides and things as well. So uh, I do talk about our website a lot, but it's not just a place to get in contact with us. It's actually a place where we've got a shitload of guides. So Including the stuff we've talked about tonight. Well, we haven't put well, all that stuff yet. there.
0: Not yet. It's
1: coming. <laughs> in, in fact, a lot of the guides that we've given over the last three months or so, Lucas has actually written out as articles. And uh, some lazy guy named Greg hasn't yet put them on the website because it takes a bit of time. So, But they, they are coming. There's quite a lot of, of backlog, actually, probably about 20 uh, to 30 50, articles. T- 19 just from me? Just from you, yeah, exactly. So the, and there's at least 10 that I've got as well. So there's a lot there. <laughs> the, the website is uh, a good resource and it's only growing uh, week by week. Uh, of course give us a rating on your podcast platform. Spread the word to help us grow. Once we get to a hundred, we will do another live streamcast. Can't wait to do that. Uh let's say a thank big thank you to our patrons. Indeed, let's do that. Indeed. You want to start this time? I will. Thank you to Rafa. Thank you, Wolf Spain. Thanks, Jellybean 1799. Thank you, Adop underscore 88. Thanks, Thousand. Thank you, Lord Frizon. Thanks, Logan Neal. Thank you, Danathan. Thank you, Solarian. And thank you, Obsolete Ninja 13 Indeed. These are the producers of the show, so thank you so much uh, for everything you have done over the last however many months, uh, and we are watching as the show is growing and improving, so thank you so much. Uh, and thank you to Jan at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro. He has a lovely voice, and he needs to be told. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple of days for the next uh, mini-podcast. I don't know who we're up to. The last one was Nezha, wasn't it? It must be Nidus. Maybe it's Nidus. Nidus, yes. But who are you, Greg? I'm Greg Newbegin. I'm mad capsules (laughs) all over the internet. Who are you, Lucas? (laughs) I'm Lucas Silvestri. I'm Silverlight all over the interwebs. Good work. Good work. Yes. Now how do I finish, huh? (laughs) Huh? You interrupted my finishing spot. I guess we just have to go, Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.